Then, of course, the city collects your garbage twice a week, your rubbish once a week, and disposes of it by sanitary methods. A fat guy eats now, it. If it weren't for that service, any modern city would soon become a shambles. Like Shambles, Iowa. It's a dump. Guys, I'm an auditor from Iowa. If I loved that Rihanna halftime show, so can you. Hashtag Super Bowl. These are the words of the highest ranking Democrat in the state of (laughs) Iowa. State Auditor Rob Sand. He loved the Rihanna halftime show. And sorry, he actually said hashtag Rihanna as well. So it probably showed up under the trending topic of Rihanna on Super yeah. Bowl night. So the thing about Super Bowl halftime shows is they usually choose someone who has kind of like a broad appeal to like a large section of the people <laughs> who are tuning in to the Super Bowl. So I know there were a few people complaining, but I don't think that was like the majority opinion or anything that really <laughs> warranted reacting to. No, yeah. it, it may have been the majority opinion of the kind of people that Rob uh, pays attention to. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's how he's going to win re-election by hitching his ride to Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm, you know, kind of surprised that he didn't take the bold stance of trying to reach across the aisle and say, "I agree, she should not be seen in public when she's pregnant." <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> As a recently pregnant person, how did you feel about Rihanna's yeah. performance, Stella? Would you have been able to do that, Stella? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I actually, I didn't watch it. I was interested no, in what, what songs she would perform, but... I they were like it was like a medley i think she did like 12 songs in like 13 minutes uh i wasn't i don't usually pay too much attention to the super bowl halftime but i did uh immediately when they had like this like big raised floating platforms i was like this looks like a super smash brothers stage like they're (laughs) she's performing on final destination um and then like yeah of course a million people made that same joke and immediately got a hundred thousand likes and all that so that could have been you. It was funny though. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Rock Hard Caucus, by the way. This is our hundred and sixth episode. Uh, this is the number one podcast for uh, auditors from Iowa who love the Rihanna halftime <laughs> yeah. show. <laughs> we we should find other auditors in Iowa and ask them their opinion about the Rihanna halftime show. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he didn't specify, like, I'm the auditor. Yeah, no, there's plenty of auditors. I'm an auditor. Yeah, there are others. Yeah. They just don't rank as highly as him. I work for a blood-sucking financial corporation, (laughs) so uh, there's a lot of those Yeah, in in blood-sucking financial corporations. Use your work email to ask all of the auditors (laughs) that work at your company. (laughs) What do you think of the Rihanna halftime show? As a and make sure that they specify that they live in Iowa as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. just in case there's any remote workers. Uh, so the reason I opened with some Rob Sand material is, uh, if you're not a regular listener, you may have missed this, but we did receive an email from like a uh, some sort of agent, some publicity agent for Rob, uh, asking if he could come on our podcast. I assume she sent this to a lot of different podcasts without looking into any of them at all to see if maybe Rob Sand had a, a problem with any of them like ours. 
<laughs> I did, of course, respond to that email and say, yes, we'd love to have Rob on, but then we were ghosted. Never heard back. This was at least like two months ago now. I don't know. But uh, he did actually go on a podcast recently. You know, I did some recent digging because I keep getting emails from Rob Sand fundraising. He actually sent another one after, um, well, we talked about it in our group chat, but there was a email I got on like Thursday <laughs> that was like asking for $5,000 for um, a recount because like there was, I mm-hmm. guess they had to account for extra money for the recount of the votes and stuff. And he's like asking for money. And then he like followed up again asking for, he's like, we, we only raised $1,500. We still have $3,000 of this bill that we need to pay. So then I was looking through his financial reporting and all that stuff and all the, all of his family members who gave him ridiculous amounts of money. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last one, but his father-in-law, Nixon Lordson of the Lordson group, also gave like $95,000 to Kim Reynolds in 2018 and then <gasps> $25,000 to Kim Reynolds in 2020. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, oh or, my gosh. So, or, yeah, 2022. That's so, how you butter both yeah. sides of your bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the kind of, that's a target audience for someone like Rob. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not surprising. It's just like, it still feels shocking despite knowing that he's that kind of guy. Of course, yeah. he's giving to both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was going to say is I looked into uh, like his expenditures from like since the election and they've been giving a lot of money to this uh, DC consulting firm called uh, Break Something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm wondering if this... Um, <laughs> uh, Limp Biscuits playing in my head. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so I, I don't. I looked into him briefly, and it doesn't seem too. I mean, it seems pretty standard. Washington D.C. consultant stuff. Like, we're gonna get your progressive candidates the most. Uh, you know, uh, what, what's the emails opened? <laughs> Whatever, all those like dumb metrics they have for yeah. like engaging. Mm-hmm their demographic audience, you know, they're targeting or whatever. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. It's called Break Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would like, to, I don't know, I'd like, would like to find out what other candidates they're working with. But uh, mm-hmm. I didn't look into it that far. If anyone knows, hit us up. Break Something. Who is, yeah, who's Break Something helping out? So, right, yeah, that's that's good um, context for what we're going to listen to. Uh, on our podcast today, we're going to be listening to a podcast. Uh I know it's kind of absurd, but <laughs> listen, we offered it to him and he didn't even respond to us. And then he went on this show called The Moderate Party instead. So that's, I mean, that's what he gets. You know, you had the opportunity to talk to us directly. So now we're just going to listen to you talk to someone else on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> and now you don't even get a chance to respond. <laughs> so I've got some clips pulled from, from The Moderate Party uh, the show that Rob went on. Which is not an actual party, is it? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I think it's just the name of a podcast. Much like the Rock Hard Caucus is not a real caucus. I mean, it sounds like the Andrew Yang thing. What was that? Uh, the, the forward party, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. left or right, but forward. Kind of like <laughs> and the, always the third way. Twirling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, so what is this podcast, Justin? The moderate Well, um, it's it's not a major thing. Here, I I didn't write down anything, so I have to actually pull it up to remember anything about it. As you can yeah. imagine, some a podcast about being moderate does not make a big impression on its listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
moderatepartypodcast.com is their website. Uh, Moderate Party is a political podcast for moderates, centrists, and independents. Uh, the host's <laughs> name is Hillary Lombard. It's Hillary spelled with an I at the end instead of a Y. Uh, and she interviews conservatives, liberals, politicians, journalists, activists, educators, and anyone else who has a good idea for improving our country. Okay. Sounds sounds cool. Yeah, and she's based in California, it looks like, now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I guess we we weren't a big enough fish, even though we are dedicated to the state of Iowa for Rob Sand and his publicist. True. Yeah, I'd like He's to see how many of state. Iowans are listening to the Moderate Party podcast. I'll say that I don't recognize any of the other guests as I'm scrolling through the episodes here. We've got Rob Sand, we've got Sean Healy, uh, John Ralston, who I think is from Nevada. Yeah, that one uh, sounds familiar. Debbie Cox Bolton, Erica Young, David Pepper. That's a funny name, David Pepper. <laughs> But anyway, it's a show for people who don't have strong opinions either way. So is, isn't that exciting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's listen to Hillary Lombard introducing the episode, uh, talking a little bit about Rob. And so it'll give you an idea of her opinion of the man before she even started talking to him. This is by far one of my favorite conversations that I've had since starting the show. And I really don't want to give too much away. But I will tell you that Rob is something really special. <laughs> talking to Rob is weird because it's like talking to the past and the future at the same time. He has a humanity to him that feels out of looks place like a in baby. today's politics. What is like 40? But an optimism and an ambition that could only point towards the future. But not just any future. The future that I want for the country. Rob embodies a lot of what we need desperately in this moment. He's pragmatic. He's not polarizing. He's moderate. And he's <laughs> not, not going to put you to sleep. <laughs> okay he's not gonna put you to sleep no we need a wet noodle to throw on the fires that others <laughs> more divisive than he continue to stoke <laughs> so you can tell she's a big fan going into this he's like talking to the future and the past at the same time what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a lot more exciting this is their intro music I'm your host, Hillary Lombard, and this is Moderate Party. Let's get started. Rob Sand, thank you so much for joining us on Moderate Party today. Let's get some morning Z sound effects for Rob Sand. Rob Sand, built Ford tough. Presented by Man Cow. (laughs) (laughs) Pragmatism, yeah. Rob Sam, you're talking to Hillary Lombard, the killer. (laughs) (laughs) The third caller gets to shoot you with a paintball gun. (laughs) Okay, so uh, she asked him this question. This is kind of how they started. She asked him... uh, if growing up in a small town had any kind of impact on him as an adult, uh, serious politician. What impact do you think that that has on you? Huge. Um, I, I, <laughs> massive. You know, they always, the stain is always, you can take, you know, the blank out of the blank, but you can't take the, and then you do it the other way around. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's totally true. <laughs> Such an engaging speaker. 
You can't take the blank out of the blank. <laughs> and as, as a reminder, he's from Decora, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's right. I, that's I right. empathize with that, though. I, I often struggle to come up with phrases on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think on your feet sometimes. <laughs> you know yeah. what they say, you can t- you blank the blank, but you don't blank the blank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should become our new uh, cart blank for, you know, when we start trailing <laughs> off and, you, you know, <laughs> blank. You know, the blank, the blank, blank, blank. Uh, here he makes a, a really funny reference to a tv show and i worked with you know business business owners and community members and high schoolers and elected officials and local uh you know like the the leslie nope of decorah iowa rick edwards was his name (laughs) (sighs) leslie nope you can't just say he's the parks and rec director of decorah you have to yeah, yeah, we really are sort of a reference to that it, show. It really is like looking into the past, talking to Rob Sand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talks about sitcoms from 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah. That like everyone Network has like television. reevaluated and like determined that like the politics in it were like really bad. <laughs> and like, yeah, well, not and, everyone. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. The kind of like cloying politician like Rob Sand is going to hitch his ride to that, you know, in that Absolutely, sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's sticking with that kind of thing. Uh, they were talking about one of his earliest achievements, I guess, in the political arena was getting the city of Decorah to build a skate park. Yeah. Which was a, an interesting uh, connection to today, where his mm-hmm. father-in-law built a skate park in Des Moines. Yeah, which I think he said that he like specifically lobbied to get, get him that. Which it makes sense, because um, the other thing about the Lordsons is that uh, he married... Um, my sister went to Simpson, I guess I can say that, um, Simpson College in Indianola, and she was in the music department, and one of the um, opera teachers or professors uh, married Nixon Lauridson, and that's oh, okay. also part of the reason why the Des Moines Opera House, or whatever it's called, is uh, Lauridson branded as well. So I guess it's good <laughs> that they're generous, you know, <laughs> generous so with you- the arts, and skateboarding is an art too, so... Yeah. If you're an Iowan and you want to affect real change in the state, you have to marry into this family. That yeah. is the fastest, most effective way to get your agenda furthered. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, that's that's one of the few things, like in our, our current system, that's one of the few things an obscenely rich person is good for, is you get them to want to spend their money on things that you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing about They're, Nixon... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They're here to be manipulated. That's all I was going to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, another thing that's interesting about Nixon Lordson is that he had a uh, $5 million yacht that was under construction for like two years that uh, completely capsized like while it was, <laughs> while it was being constructed. Um, so, yeah. Good I for mean, the yacht. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume you can, the yacht. I assume you can write that off on your taxes if you buy a yacht and then it... it uh, sinks into the ocean (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's always an escape hatch for large purchases like that yeah (laughs) it's one of the most popular write-offs i'm sure you have it insured anyway you know yeah definitely there's videos of it too um gosh i I gotta find the name of the yacht because you can find it oh it's baden b-a-d-e-n if you're curious about that um oh it says it's 10 million here anyway that's a lot of money that's a a lot of money Never the seen name that money. of the yacht is Baden. What does that mean? Um, I believe it is. Oh, 
Motor Yacht Baden. Uh, it says Blood Baron. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know if this is the right. <laughs> Motor yacht Baden. What's e- EX Blood Baron? I don't know what that means. Uh, I assume it's a German thing. Um, Blood Baron. <laughs> well, while you're looking for more information, I'm going to play another clip. Uh, I call this one a small town person. Do you still define yourself as a small town person? Uh, yes. I went out east for college. Oh, do you? I went out east for college. Is there a reason he's not just saying the name of the college? Would that maybe undermine (laughs) his answer to the question? (laughs) I went out east for college. Hmm. He went to to Brown, which is uh, an Ivy League school. Uh, I mean, that's what I initially thought. Is is he not saying the name of the school he went to because he wants to put out the image that he's a small town person. But he does say specifically that he went to Brown uh, 34 minutes after this. So he's not trying to hide that information. Um, Update on Baden. Uh, It's a German verb for to bathe, which is really apt if that's... (laughs) The yacht sank. Yeah, right. Took a bath. (laughs) No no further... uh, enlightenment on uh what blood baron means <laughs> uh i think it might have been it's i don't know i don't maybe that was a different yacht <laughs> that's i just searched for baden yacht and that's that's what it said yeah uh this clip's a little longer i called it uh, accountability at the top we should be going after wringing out every ounce of waste fraud and abuse holding people accountable from positions of trust and power when they abuse that trust and power and really making sure that we can maintain and and at this point rebuild trust in this system um and so to me i I just i love the idea of trying to focus on having good good processes better processes and having accountability for people in positions of trust and power because i think that so often we pick on the folks at the bottom of the rung um and you know everyone there we want to have accountability for everybody but if we're going to have accountability for everybody, the, the place where we're, we, I think, seem to miss it right now, where we need it most, is actually the people at the top. So there was a phrase in there that seemed to uh, perk your ears up, Evan. <laughs> well, when he said, we pick on the folks at the bottom of the rung. Yeah. Well, I think Rob Thand does his fair share of that, I would say. <laughs> um, I know he did uh, get the, what's the lottery, Iowa lottery guy. Uh, that's like one of the ones yeah. that he always talks about. That one, I guess, would, you know, maybe count for what he's saying. And I agree with what he's he saying. He wrote uh, a book about that. <laughs> but uh, Rob Thand does seem to punch down a lot. Well, or just like highly publicize the cases where he's going after like some small town public official who ends up like laundering like or embezzling like... Ten or fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, probably because they're already po- very poorly paid to begin with. I know there was—I can't remember the specifics, but I know some of the people listening will remember um, that. Yeah, Rob Sand had went after a public employee, I think, who made like something like ten dollars an hour part time or something. Um, also, the thing where he's like—I think we mentioned on the last podcast about the the uh, new public school law, um, where he was talking about the money mm-hmm. for private schools being uh, unaccounted for. Um, after it's paid out and then that that might be used to buy teachers ford mustang convertibles um (laughs) that seems like punching down to me i don't know i feel like maybe the administrators are probably the people that are really going to benefit the most um from that sort of thing but um 
yeah, he, he really likes to publicize that. And then, you know, him going after, like I said, just small town embezzlers. Yeah. He's often targeting the, uh, as he called it, the bottom of the rung. Which now yeah. that I'm examining that a little closer, bottom yeah. of the rung? And I think he does it for the same reason, because it's like red meat to conservative people, and they're like, this is our tax dollars, stuff like that. And it's like right. It's like a and drop in the bucket. Hate, uh, you know, hate the poor. Right, yeah, they hate the poor. <laughs> the lazy yeah. uh, freeloaders embezzling our tax dollars. <laughs> clinging to that bottom run yeah i would be willing to bet that there's a lot more abuse and fraud happening in the iowa government that we don't know about that is not getting prosecuted or investigated it's it's not just a clerk like stealing money out of the till which is easy to track and easy to prosecute because you Mm -hmm. know what defense do they have (laughs) yeah it's not hard to catch those kind of things yeah but stella you said the phrase correctly the bottom rung because that's about a ladder and rungs of a ladder not the bottom of the rung (laughs) <laughs> sorry I'm maybe, maybe i'm picking on this a little too much but bottom of the we rung. get it you hate him <laughs> the blank of the blank yeah <laughs> uh here's another clip i was excited to talk to you because i think that you're one of the few democratic figures that's making a big point out of fiscal responsibility yeah and i don't get why not <laughs> Is he? Everyone likes that. <laughs> Fiscal yeah. responsibility, whatever that means. It's uh-huh. not like there's, <laughs> it's like a euphemism or anything <laughs> for like more austerity. But he's one of the few. Yeah. You never Nothing hear anyone be. talking about this. Yeah. Democrats never talk about fiscal responsibility when they tell you that they can't pay for the programs that would actually help people. <laughs> they never use that as a, as a cop out. All right, this is another uh, longer one, but this is probably what people are wondering the most. Like, the question they would like to ask uh, Rob Sand the most. And I think he dodges answering this most of the time. Breakfast but, uh, pizza? <laughs> yes. it's Which gas station has the best pizza <laughs> is what she asks <laughs> <in> here. <laughs> so why didn't you run for governor? Mm. <laughs> I am long pause. I am new in this job, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's take a step back here. Politics is stupid. Campaigns are way too long. The decision making time for campaigns, you know, is like way before election day. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was still like you know two and a half, three years into my new job, being mm-hmm. state auditor, which I which is a job I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I like it very much. Um. I not like I like what I'm doing. I don't feel like I need to change what I'm doing. And in addition to that, like again, I think I already mentioned our kids, they're 6 and 8. Right. Hillary like it's awesome right now. Like, they're the best age. If you think about they they are. If you think about it this way, this is my mantra. And I tell my, I remind myself this when I'm thinking about like what I'm going to do and like what's my week going to look like. I'm like, no diapers, no naps, no teenagers. <laughs> like I can do. We are in the eye of the hurricane. We've gone through the hard part, uh-huh. and the and the next hard part will come. But right now, sunny skies, like life is good. <laughs> I don't. I want to be here. I want to mm-hmm. enjoy this. Like I want to have a, a chunk of this where I can be like, yeah, I'm. Like this is really good. Mm-hmm. Wait, you wait, know? wait. <laughs> and uh, and that's super important to me. So he 
he wants to run for governor and be governor when his children are at their worst. <laughs> like, and he doesn't have to spend as much time with them. Like, he wants to be governor when they're teenagers, is what he's saying here. When he that's thinks what it sounds th- like. they're going to be terrible. Yeah. That's, what the, you know. <laughs> that's what he's saying. What I'm hearing is uh, this wasn't a good year to run, and I didn't think I could win this year, <laughs> and I needed to bide my time. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he's really choosing his words very carefully. Yeah. You can tell by how much he's pausing and going, Yeah. Uh, I like, <laughs> like my job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he can't, he can't say the real answer, which is that he would have lost. <laughs> it's a bad year for it. What conditions do you think have to be met for him to run? Because I think he really does hate, he would hate to lose. He would really, really, really like, Really hate to lose. It would, yeah. Well, it would prevent his aspirations from coming. I mean, who knows what his ultimate aspirations are? But I mean, considering how many times his name has been floated for governor, it's like he wants that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's trying to. I think he was basically using his family money to jumpstart his career. Now he's trying to transition into a more sustainable model of campaigning, and that's why he's still con- continuing to send fundraising emails after the election is over. Just to like keep his name out there, keep his fundraising up. I mean, obviously, he's been going hard to bat for the caucuses. I think he just wants to keep just increasing his his uh, relevance to the party, especially being the only elected Democrat, too. Um, yeah, I just think he's biding his time until he can get more eyes on him, more name recognition, better fundraising. And we yeah. gave well, maybe, him a lot of... that's why he went on a... Californians podcast is to get some <laughs> yeah that's true attention. they do like yeah. yeah those out of state donations add up yeah sorry Stella oh yeah that's a really good point I wonder what kind of outreach he's doing to other states like when we get emails or whatever for yeah. candidates in the south or whatever yeah um, he's the next beta the emails write themselves <laughs> like our poor caucuses they took it away from us uh, I'm the only elected Democrat in Iowa like I need your help Otherwise, yeah. I was going to turn into a red shithole. I mean, it's he is not- an ex-Beto. Yeah, the skateboarding <laughs> and everything. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> He's going to be on the cover of Vogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's already been a model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the show, but yeah, he was like a child model, <laughs> teen model or something. In like Europe too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's a weird Twitter account that's like a parody of that. <laughs> We gave him a lot of shit during his campaign for how many emails and how much his messaging was around fundraising and how much his seat was in danger because it really seemed like he was a pretty safe bet. But he won by a pretty slim margin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even despite all that. Yeah, like his, uh, I can't even remember, Todd Halber, right? Todd Halber Mm -hmm. was his uh, Republican opponent. He had no like party support and he almost won anyway. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's how bad it is in Iowa for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he certainly would have lost if he ran for governor. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, those modeling pictures are so good. But um, I had to go to the <laughs> Iowa Field Report to get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm suspicious of that Twitter account, because it seems like it's run by like a right. Yeah, well, that's weirdo. not the reason why we don't like Rob Sand. I mean, that's actually one of the yeah. coolest things he's done, dude. Oh, it's yeah, kinda, there's like, wrong with that, yeah. It's kind of it's it's horny. Kinda he's got like barbed wire in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, and he's There's naked and cradling stuff, a, another yeah. woman. Actually, she's cradling him. That uh, one, that yeah. One. That one is interesting. Kind of androgynous. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there is something about that one. (laughs) Are you talking about the one where... There's also one where he's wearing, like, a coat, and he has, like, that um, teenage boy haircut. Justin, you definitely had it. And all of our (laughs) friends back in, like, 2006. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he's got a very alternative kind of haircut, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was eight... He says he was at least 18 at the time, so... Yeah, I mean, that does seem... He's only like he's only like six years older than us, which is pretty funny. Or seven years for you guys. <laughs> Evan's so much older than us. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let me play another clip. This one, he uh, briefly addresses some of his critics. We have so little trust in people in elected office. Like I see, I read about people and I see their decisions and I ascribe such and such motives to them. And then I'm like, wait a minute, like, other people are doing that to me, and I find it annoying. I should chill. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's describing motives to you, Rob? <laughs> Certainly not us. I mean, yeah, he has no no motives whatsoever. He's just uh, being like the most like performative politician I think I maybe I've ever seen, as far as like <laughs> like driving around with a truck with the deer heads mounted on it and shit (laughs) like like, uh. um this next clip uh i'm a little unclear on the science of what he's describing in this clip so i was wondering if if you two could maybe shed some light on what the hell he's talking about so electricity in the daytime is expensive electricity at night is cheap this is true everywhere you go Mm -hmm. your air conditioning only clicks on in the daytime when it's getting hot and once it's on, it both creates coldness and blows the coldness, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can take half of that, the creation of coldness, and move it to nighttime electricity by basically building like a giant ice machine underground. Wow. And so you make all your ice at night with cheap electricity. And then when your AC kicks on, you click on a fan, and then you're only needing to do the fan part. So he's describing, um, I forget which town this was in, but there's a town where they did this in their courthouse. They have a courthouse chiller, he called it. <laughs> and this was like their idea to save money. And his auditor's office was like uh, promoting it, I guess. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I've heard of heat pumps for warming your house, like using geothermal. You just dig straight yeah. down in the ground and get the mm. heat out of the ground. That's like a really cost-effective way to heat your house. And like, it's really a good thing to do. I've never heard of this, but, like, it's really funny. Like, the reason why it's more expensive is because, like, people use electricity. It's because they're running the air conditioners during the day because it's hot or they're awake and they're using electricity. It's, like, kind of, like, that's why it's more expensive is because there's, like, way more demand on the... (laughs) Yeah, stress on the system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, my air conditioner doesn't only kick on during the day if it's really hot. Yeah. I don't know. Am I doing it wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So you, you make ice during the night, and then during the day, you blow the coldness off of the ice into yeah. the rest of your house. But how does the ice stay cold? <laughs> like, I guess you insulate it really well? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, here's um, further discussions of innovations and you know stuff like that. Do you consider yourself to be an innovator? Um... I guess my, I guess I would have to say no in a way because otherwise my immediate answer to that question would be yes. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> He's really struggling with these softballs. Yeah. <laughs> no, otherwise, yes. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm guess... too self-aware to answer this question honestly. <laughs> I, I guess so I don't appear overly smug, I have to say no, right? <laughs> but I do, but I do imply that I do feel that way. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm lying to you. <laughs> Openly. <laughs> Um, and then this is how he actually this is how he follows up that question. He does uh, elaborate. If you if you weren't satisfied by the no yes, uh, here's the rest of it. I would consider myself a do-gooder, which I realize is not fashionable these days. But uh, I, I would on, consider man. myself a do-gooder. I want to do good. Yeah. And sometimes that calling yourself a do-gooder is not fashionable. Actually, doing good is probably always in fashion. Try to do yeah. that. Good. So. I know it's not trendy to be a great person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty good, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God, there's like 40 more seconds of that clip, but I'm not going to subject you to that. You got the point. (laughs) Um, This is about skepticism of uh, public officials. Because I'm in an elected office, I get hit with people's skepticism of me because I'm in an office. Mm-hmm. And we have this deep-seated, perhaps natural, but at this point, counterproductive skepticism of the ability to do good and the ability to be good in an an elected position. So I feel like people are skeptical of elected officials and whether any good can come from these structures because we are able to observe and remember like what has happened (laughs) like it's justified right i I don't know what what to take from this we've kind of moved past skepticism and we're more just like cognizant of yeah how bad they are i mean they'd have to do a lot to just earn back our skepticism i think (laughs) at this point (laughs) Yeah, I'm skeptical of, like, the good ones. I just hate, like, most of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, there is actually a market for, like, bold, truth-telling politicians who actually... Like, Rob is, like, he's transparent. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm just, again, thinking of, like, Bernie or, you know, any of the... Even squad members or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. they say things that are, like true that people understand on some level even if they don't necessarily are able to conceptualize or like verbalize it and uh yeah, it's no bullshit politics yeah well and it comes down to like again capitalism and the government being a uh front for the bourgeoisie i mean like <laughs> it's like <laughs> That's just what it is and like more people are recognizing that in one way or another you see with all the anti-elite rhetoric like that's not going away. Like things have to actually materially change for that to go away. It's just yeah. gonna get louder. It's not like neither party is really, really doing much to like push that away. You know. Well, I think like a lot of politicians, they may say things when they campaign, and then like probably one of Rob Sands' heroes, Barack Obama, they pivot to the middle and they're not willing to fight for what they campaigned on. Um, I mean, maybe that's kind of a dumb observation when he's literally on a podcast called The Moderate (laughs) Podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but it just seems like 
a lot of elected officials moderate to the not even the middle to the right yeah like yeah. they they yeah. don't even they start with their position already compromised when they come to negotiate yeah well rob doesn't even use like progressive rhetoric like the That's market true, yeah. he's putting out there is like centrism yeah he's, he's yeah. saying the problem yeah. is that things are too politicized and too polarized but it's like not really acknowledging why that is and why people are dissatisfied and it's mm-hmm. like literally because of well i mean i would say that it's because like both parties again represent <laughs> corporate interests before anything else and yep i mean again most a lot of people can't verbalize that but they do understand on some level that like the deck is stacked against them and that the government is not doing much to to stay, change that mm-hmm. and i guess one more thing that i was i thought of while we were discussing that is like people's skepticism isn't really stopping you from doing anything rob like you are the one <laughs> in office you have the power and like people doubting you like who cares like we're just we're just people like you can <laughs> I don't know. Prove us wrong, I guess. Don't worry, though. The people that look most like us, those local officials who are skimming a couple thousand dollars off the... <laughs> <laughs> He's going after them, but not the folks who are at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he just does not come across as authentic. He doesn't come across as... He comes across as someone who's, again, trying to increase his relevance <laughs> and yeah. increase his political power for his own benefit here's one of his ideas to reform our uh electoral systems i'm a big advocate for electoral reform Mm -hmm. i really like the idea of open primaries where independents get an equal right to participate and then rank choice voting in the general so that your choices are not just the lesser of two evils Mm -hmm. do you feel that this would change anything no <laughs> I mean, I think literally it would end up with yeah, we have uh open primaries, so like the, the I mean the idea is like literally to get the most moderate milk toast candidates into the primaries cuz like that's it's would consolidate power for people like Rob and make it less likely for a I don't know. Well, we'll there's other examples and I don't yeah, ultimately I don't think it would make much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, we functionally already have that in our state, at least. Like, yeah, as long as you're willing to register briefly as a party, yeah. you can participate. Which you in can do on site nomination until yeah. they change that. But still, yeah. But he goes pretty hard, after, like advocating for open primaries and ranked choice um, later on in the podcast. So we'll we'll have more chances to uh, discuss the specifics. Uh, but this clip I labeled "personal attacks." I don't really remember what it's about. I'm sure it's fun. Look, while people. <laughs> are happy to push back on me in aspects that are personal. And that's not fun. That's not fun at all. I still think a lot of it is just rooted in the fact that like we hate our political system. And so we end up having like a dislike of kind of anyone that's in it to some degree, which is sad. <laughs> that's what not he says sad. to yeah, himself every night. <laughs> I, I don't they think don't, it's sad. Like, it's not that they don't like me. It's that they don't like politics. <laughs> They, they don't care that I drink milk with every meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're willing to, to get yourself dirty joining that system, like, you deserve it. People aren't going to like you. <laughs> it's not sad. It's predictable. Here's a clip called Balance. You know, your, 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 your district, your state has to be truly so balanced for there to be any accountability. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, it's just the letter behind your name, and that determines you know whether or not you get to stay in office or not, and whether or not you get primaried or not. Balance between what again? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know he's saying yeah. like, yeah, we need Democrats and Republicans to hold each other accountable, but it's like, again, <laughs> like their ideological like underpinnings are like seventy five percent the same. <laughs> it's right. like, I mean, yeah, there's the you know the hard fucking anti. LGBT stuff that the Democrats don't do, but like again, when mm-hmm. it comes to when push comes to shove and it comes to material changes, they they block it. Yeah, um, and I personally would would prefer not having balance on uh, the more fringe stuff like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think it, like in practice, what he's saying here is reality at all. Like, I guess you know you can point to like the California Democrats or, or the New York Democrats too, like. The, the states that are super, super blue, the party is also, like, pretty corrupt. Yeah, pretty corrupt. Very corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I, I don't see how, like, a partisan balance really improves things yeah. in the few places where that still exists. And yeah, I'm we have to think a... Of, like, an example we have a very balanced uh federal government right now don't we you know the uh democrats control the executive republicans control the lower house democrats control the upper house republicans control the supreme court oh i'm sorry that's non-political never mind um but <laughs> like nothing happens <laughs> I, i'm not seeing a whole lot of accountability as yeah. a result yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i'm just seeing more like hot potato shit like <laughs> this is your fault no this is your fault bullshit which again they believe the same things mostly which Mm -hmm. people hate to hear that but like it's so fucking true (laughs) economics wise at least if they were to hold each other accountable in real ways they would also be holding themselves accountable so they don't do it like they're all guilty of mostly the same crimes yeah um electoral future yeah I, i don't remember what this is but let's let's hear it everywhere i go I find people who are in the political minority and where they live, whose elected representatives treat them Hmm. like garbage Hmm. because they know that that person has no actual impact on their electoral future. Mm -hmm. That's very ironic. (laughs) Believe we invited you on this podcast, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Come talk to the garbage. Get down in the pit. Rob has been 100,000% more willing to reach out to Republicans than he has to, to anyone on the left. Anyone who's like on the like actual, again, economic left as far as, or I mean, even racial, like, yeah, the Jalen Cavill shit, like, who knows yeah. what, who he's talking to behind closed doors, you know, what we talked about with Brian McLean about how his, uh, uh, John McCormley, I think was his name, who is like working with Rob Sand is like, uh, one of the Iowa Democrats doing this rule change to put more power in the hands of elected officials versus the actual state central committee. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. And I, I think he's doing the same calculation in his head that engaging with his critics would not be an electoral gain for him. Like we are either irrelevant to his calculations or could only be a net negative. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't engage with that kind of criticism. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, like we're probably representing a fringe view. Uh, It's becoming Mm -hmm. more popular, but like, again, it's not going away until things like (laughs) people are not going to like get less mad. Like things are going to get worse and people are going to get (laughs) madder because there's no like 
things moving in a positive direction away from like the central problem of capitalism. You you can just really see like he is a guy who got a political science degree in 2005. <laughs> like it's all like this like the calculations going on in his head and how he thinks about people and electoral politics and everything. It's just Yeah. If he yeah. Does, if he thinks it would hurt his career in the short or medium term then he's not going to engage. He's not going to do anything that like puts him his head on the chopping block where people are going to be like, I mean, people are upset at him anyway, just because he's just inauthentic and like doing like exactly like I said, he's never putting his neck on the line. He's taking like the safest choices at every possibility. Mm -hmm. We've had enough moderates. Like (laughs) this is like kind of why we're at where we're at (laughs) is because like, I mean, yeah, years of neoliberalism on both sides of the pile and seating to the right yeah i'm gonna skip a couple of these uh but because stella brought up uh his political science degree in the mid-2000s here's a little clip about his time at college when i was in college i went to brown super liberal school in rhode island i actually found that i was like not hearing enough of in, in terms of my education, obviously mm-hmm. it existed in the world, but in my education, I wasn't seeing enough studying of conservative thought. <laughs> I, knew I knew it. I knew it. so, oh my god, you fucking one idiot. of the wonderful Fuck things about this guy. You can make a clap. <laughs> so he he goes on to say that he uh, designed a class on conservative thought <laughs> and oh, uh, and. What con- a- Recruited a local conservative columnist to be like the guest professor for this class. <laughs> I'm not hearing enough from conservatives. In <laughs> how much did you hear about like Marxism or like any like yeah. they don't even really teach. I don't. I don't know about Brown in particular, but yeah, I, I guess he wasn't an economics guy either. But it's like, yeah, they don't fucking teach any sort of like actual like leftist theory stuff no, at all. No. And didn't I mean, do you think this kind of talk made him really popular when he was on the runway in Milan and Paris? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I I love that he calls Brown a super liberal school. Yeah. Which I'm I'm sure it is in some like social ways, but like every Ivy League school is fundamentally conservative in the ways that matter. Right? Yeah. Like they classical have, liberalism is conservatism. Yeah. Centuries long <laughs> traditions of just being exploitative pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. Liberal means you support the free market. Like you might support <laughs> all of the other stuff too, but you still support the free market. And our argument is that you can't have both. Like you yeah. can't have the civil rights without the economic rights. Yeah. You know, uh, let's get down to it. He tells us what his ideology is in the following clip. So no more beating around the bush. This is his guiding light. This is what he believes. I want to believe things that are true. Like to me, my (laughs) ideology is mostly towards, again, like doing good and like believing in the truth. Oh, wow. Two two fundamental things. Uh, I want to believe the truth and be good. <laughs> that is yeah. my ideology. <laughs> I hate this shit about truth, too. Like, what the fuck does it matter? People know the truth. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if we've learned anything. Without, in the absence <laughs> of any, like, action toward, like, yeah, you can d- describe the current conditions, but, like, that doesn't help, like, move things forward. 
You can get thousands like, and thousands of people to stand outside and scream the truth at the people yeah. who have the power to change like conditions, and then it's uh, too hard. Yeah, <laughs> we don't care enough. <laughs> it's like that's not what politics. Politics isn't about truth. <laughs> like it's really no, not. It's obviously. about material reality and and like facilitating like human productivity. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I believe in things that are good, like the truth. <laughs> uh, Rainbows. What, a, what an easy answer. Yeah. This is all truth. just pandering. Like the, I didn't mention on the college thing, but it's like again, just complete pandering to like the exact conservative framing of the arguments that is like literally being used to feed into all of this anti-trans shit, mm-hmm. or like all the liberal indoctrination in our colleges bullshit, which is like ridiculous, absurd. A uh, fellow Brown alumni, Andrew Yang. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> nice. <Good pull. laughs> and John Krasinski, star of <laughs> what I believe wow. must be Rob Zan's favorite show, or second favorite after Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so given that he's been discussing like um, his centrism, his moderation throughout this whole episode, uh, the host asks Rob why he is a Democrat, specifically. You know, Good if he, question, yeah. yeah. If he doesn't seem to have any sort of like <laughs> ideological bent either way, why choose this one side? So here's his answer. I'm proud of my beliefs. I'm proud of my values. I'm proud of including among them my, my willingness to revisit them, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, <laughs> a guy who grew up in a small town, who whose who's, uh, religious faith is important to him, who likes to hunt and fish like a lot who's fiscally focuses on fiscal responsibility. You know, I had formative experiences that made me think that the democratic party was a better fit given two choices. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember watching when I was like 16, Bill Clinton in the state of the union brag about balancing the budget and paying down the debt. And I was like, sweet, thank you. I don't want to pay for what my parents are doing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so that was something where I was like, "All right, point." I for, don't want to pay for, for, for what my parents are doing. I don't think Can it's going to be a problem for you, that- Rob. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Wow, his lived experience <laughs> really, really bringing him to the Democratic Party. Wow, <laughs> that is uh, so telling. <laughs> yeah, I just love how he plays all the hits, and then he's like. Uh, I guess Bill Clinton is the why. Yeah, because yeah. he wanted to oh, balance great. the budgets. <laughs> you would think I would be a Republican as a religious white man from Decorah, Iowa. But no, you forgot. Bill he Clinton hunts and balanced. Fishes. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who loves to see the life, you know, fall out of a creature that I've <laughs> killed eyes, you would think I would be a Republican. But no. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so superficial. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he really doesn't know any better. <laughs> maybe we've really been wrong about him the entire time, and really he does think on this superficial of a level. I've never been inspired by anything I've heard in a State of the Union speech. I think I'm <laughs> maybe a level of consciousness above him. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching the State of the Union at 16? Fuck right, no. bro. <laughs> my dad might have been i may have yeah. caught a few seconds of it at the time 
That's I, I'm just I'm sorry. I know like we need to move on. But the fact <laughs> that like we're living in a state with all this like anti-trans bullshit and anti-choice bullshit. Like, I mean, things are getting so bad for so many people here. And he says that he supports the Democratic Party because of something that Bill fucking Clinton said in the <laughs> 90s. Are you kidding me? Like that is abs- that's so offensive. That's offensive. It's- yeah, it's a fucking dance. Like, just the way he dances around. Like, that would have, yeah, of course, it would have been like a hundred times better answer to say because, like, Democrats want to protect people's, like, bodily autonomy. Like, yeah. Any, it's an and easy again, answer. he goes for the, the one yeah. answer that is basically, again, accepting the entire Republican framing of. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fiscal the focus responsibility. Group, whatever, again, the whatever focus that means. I've like, tested. He's you not know, getting it's into really specifics. Cool that I hunt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know what a fiscally responsible government would do? Raise taxes on the fucking wealthy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. On your, on up, your father-in-law. Set up a you. universal healthcare system that is far less wasteful and takes care of everybody. That's pretty fiscally responsible. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Um, it just doesn't benefit I'd, a small, like, <laughs> cartel of freaks. So it can't be yeah, done. We, we didn't go to Brown University, so maybe tell me why not, like... Oh, Bill Clinton, a baby boomer, made it so that we don't have to pay for our parents and grandparents. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll actually have, like, more of a uh, financial burden, like, because of the deregulation and just, like, oh, destruction 100%. of all social services. I'm probably going to have to spend more money to take yeah, care of my parents. We're gonna have to, yeah, our parents are not, like, yeah, that's a huge issue. I yeah, mean, to say nothing of the cost of like the ecological, you know, the failings that are going to lead to the mm-hmm. destruction and like ability for our planet to be habitable. Did he? He's heard one speech and that was it. I, the whole moderate <laughs> philosophy is just like based, like they're the fucking frogs in the pot of boiling water that aren't jumping out <laughs> because they've been in it the end, you know, they were in it from the beginning. You know, like they're not, yeah. <laughs> it's just complete ignorance of like the ambient conditions around them. And like, I mean, again, maybe he really is, doesn't know any better, but it's like, I don't believe it. <laughs> he said he knows he's exactly willing what to he's revisit doing. his beliefs, but his, he <laughs> Clearly, says yeah. again, also that his beliefs are founded in a speech from <laughs> 1996 yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like, like what 2001 the at the very latest. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that really irritates me is like, oh, if you have like a more radical view of things, it's because like you didn't think it through. Like the these moderates have really yeah. thought through everything. Yeah. And it's not like we have a radical position because like we've actually thought through more of the impulse. consequences of like the current like situation. Like yeah. you become a radical because you think more about these sort of things and deeper about them. Yeah. And, and like I mean, question it's, it's things that you've been told your entire life. It's about class interest too, because he he benefits more from like continuing the status quo, and we oh, don't. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's very hard to change things. There's a whole different schools of thought about that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we're arguing about electoral politics on this podcast again. So, so here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. What What can you do? <laughs> a dark. I mean, a really dark reading, of course. I think for more for liberals or for people who consider themselves moderate Democrats is that. Rob Sand is a psyop and he like became a Democrat so that he could enforce conservative fiscal policies <laughs> as a Democrat and at the state level. Mm. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a double agent. Hey, 
$95,000 to Kim Reynolds, 25000 in 2022. I mean, he did give $700,000 to Rob in 2018, so the $95,000 is a little less, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I promised earlier that he would give us a little bit more specifics about uh, ranked choice, his, uh, his preferred electoral reforms. So let's hear a little bit more about his ideas. Imagine this. A ranked choice system in a super let's say a super democratic district and you have the democrat in there who's kind of a bully and treats people rudely and then you have a, another democrat who's running who's like hey I'm, i agree with this person on the issues but i think that you know we shouldn't be jerks to each other because it actually makes it harder for us to solve our problems mm-hmm. and then you have the republican um in a ranked choice system you know uh, dep- it depends on what the breakdown is of how partisan the system is. But those Republicans will have the opportunity to vote for the Republican to say, look, I, I am a Republican and I, wa- I want to support this person. But also as my second choice, I want someone who will respond to my emails and acknowledge the fact that I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. And so they, for their second choice, they'll have the freedom to express that part of themselves to say, okay, yeah, I'm a Republican, but also I'm a believer in kindness. And so if I can't get a Republican, I at least want a Democrat that is a decent person. This is bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Simple as that. I love how this hypothetical changes yeah what happens what happens in a red district rob what happens in a heavily red district you get he's not my first choice but hitler's a vegetarian so (laughs) he loves dogs so and that's really the only difference in ideology is that some people want to be mean and again it's like people he's talking about people being mean (laughs) to people in positions of power who honestly should fucking live with shame and fear every day of their lives (laughs) to be honest yeah (laughs) i guess that's mean to say but (laughs) (laughs) these two hypothetical democratic candidates uh there is zero daylight between them on the issues yeah the there's, was, yeah there's no one is nice and one is rude <laughs> yeah i'm just so, gonna vote for the person who's a decent person th- this is why decent you want people this, never get upset or uh say things like in an impassioned tone i want a i want to elect a piece of shit who believes the same things that i do and will be a dick about it that's what i want <laughs> See, I want someone who is equally evil, but but better at hiding it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's just, why are you so passionate about this? If that's, that's the end goal is to have nicer people in office. Who gives a shit? (laughs) And that's how he thinks of himself, of course. He's the nice guy who won. You know what they say about nice guys? (laughs) They, They barely win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then that's like near the end of the episode. So I just have this one last clip from the Moderate Party podcast to play for you. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the whole thing. They have 7 seconds of music for their show. So short. I'm pretty sure that's like royal. I'm sure I've heard that before. It sounds like public domain. Yeah, royalty free yeah. stuff. <laughs> it may have appeared on our podcast before in a <laughs> campaign ad. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it probably like that's probably what it is. <laughs> it might have been that. You remember the clip of um, Marionette Miller Meeks at like the tailgating event? It might have been. Yeah. In that. Oh, the football one. Yeah. It may be the same it could music. Be the same. I might. I'll go back and check. <laughs> 
uh hey yeah i went back and checked and it wasn't that music so if, if you remember what that music is from please let us know <laughs> there's a little there's definitely like a little cottage industry for a dad rock band that makes all of that music mm-hmm. well that's that's all we got from rob sand today but we do have a couple voicemails i would like to play for you our phone number is 319-849-8733 you too listening right now you could also call us and say things like this Lord God, this is Trav Nipper calling again because Grant needs to have tomorrow and Sunday off from work. He ate a Tootsie Roll God that he found in the grass and Antifa had put fentanyl in it, which has given him vaccines, Lord God, vaccine shakes, and also boners, God. We ask God that the restaurant and God send care and aid workers to Grant to help him with his wiping and help him find his confidence again, Lord God. Grant was wondering if the restaurant could also give him a few weeks' pay in advance so he can buy the Game Face ASR GTH electric full-auto airsoft Thompson submachine gun and Lancer Tactical Nightshade High Kappa Gas Blowback Airsoft Pistol. Lightweight, full metal slide, high FPS in the black and gold colors. And Lord God, we please ask that you stop the diarrhea problem from him. And, and may Satan's hands be off of his digestion and give him what he needs to succeed as a man and in this industry. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. And also with you. Was that directed at <laughs> us or was he praying? I think that was a prayer. I think we have to uh, forward <laughs> his message to God. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I will email that to the uh, proper authorities. Um <laughs> prayer warriors assemble we do have a platform so everyone if you'll please yeah. join hands and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the power of prayer uh is amplified with many pairs of hands so if you're listening and you're the praying type please uh forward your con- forward trab's concerns for his brother onto the lord on high please he did say that Grant needed work off. Uh, I believe his quote was tomorrow and Sunday. And this was left uh, February 13th. So I'm sorry to say, I believe Grant has been fired uh, for mm. no call, no showing at the hard rock, the rock hard cafe. Um, really nothing we can do about that at this point. So Grant, have you tried to a- the Nipper family? Have you tried applying at Pizza Ranch? Uh, this is a very upstanding Christian organization, um, and there's one. There's a lot of them. So if you do, if they don't hire yeah. you one, you can always go to the next one, next town over. There's yeah. a new. What's that barbecue place that's opening in Coralville? They're seeking uh, managers right now. Jethro's, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Jethro's. Just right over, right Didn't over realize there. they were expanding in the eastern Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're taking over the old Chicago building in Coralville. Um, yeah, so Trab and, and Grant, uh, while I will not be able to restore Grant's employment at the Rock Art Cafe, I am happy to provide a reference to either of those uh, establishments that we just talked about. So feel free to reach out for that. On to the next voicemail. This is an interesting one. So it goes on like that for a full minute. Um, can you tell? It sounds like some kind of animal 
I don't know yeah. if you could identify that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't have the phone number in my phone, so I, I'm not sure like who it is. Because you know, I know I know certain people have certain pets, so that would have helped. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know who this is or what kind of animal it is. Let me play it again for a few seconds. Or maybe some kind of mechanical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like a sound maybe your car would make. Yeah, like that. With, and like the check engine light comes on. It's not quite turning over. Yeah, thing. it sounds kind of like yeah, a ferret, yeah. maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah. Stinky. I was yeah, very initially. Stinky. I thought maybe a bird, but I, yeah, yeah I don't know. bird too. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Anyway, uh, feel yeah, feel free to have your pets call in as well. I have nothing <laughs> against that. <laughs> And um, we got one more. Woof, woof, woof. That, that was after I uh, tweeted Another about, pet. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted that we received a call from an animal, and we got another one right there. Uh, woofing at us. That one, I actually did have the phone number on my phone. That was from Noah Peterson <laughs> calling in to, to bark at us. Oh, nice. I'm glad he called, because I did want to mention that he had some recent uh, good news. Uh, I talked to him briefly on the podcast like a few months ago if you if you heard a sh- a brief conversation with noah peterson i think i titled that in the podcast feed um he had been arrested at a newton city council meeting early october and i was talking to him about that and then i attended the following meeting where he was arrested again and um the charges for that first meeting in early october were uh, he, I think he was found not guilty. Like he went to trial, and then yep. the second arrest, which I filmed, and I I have <laughs> I created the only existing documentation of that arrest because the city of Newton turned off their cameras shortly before they had the cops arrest Noah in the middle of the meeting, too. Right? Like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Enjoy they, paying out that settlement, assholes. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. <laughs> uh, they they chose to drop the charges in that case because they were going to lose again. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all Antifa super soldiers, including Noah, whose mm-hmm. DNA has been spliced with canine DNA in order. <laughs> and shout out to Justin for recording that. Yeah, so happy that, yeah, I... Man, yeah. who knows? Because I made the only video of what happened. I would I consider caught... that yeah. an act of doing good. <laughs> I'm a do-gooder, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also got the mayor talking after like Noah was brought out by the cops. The mayor said like specifically, like, go do your activism where somebody cares. So he like made it explicit that it was like <laughs> because of the content of his speech that's why he was being arrested it's like a clear violation and he gave me the evidence yeah so i'm you, starting to think Mayor. people in power just don't like being criticized <laughs> yeah yeah city yeah. council meetings no place for local activism <laughs> i mean they're obviously not gonna like listen to him and do anything that noah says right yeah they're just fucking gotta let, let him talk, let him talk. Yeah. yeah if his like, if his yeah again like if it was so threatening to you it's not a it's it's ridiculous they definitely there's no threat to them like it's ridiculous yeah so it's it's good that they failed in their (laughs) their attempts to fuck up his life grateful for that at least (laughs) again our phone number is 319-849-8733 uh tell us about the 
petty tyrants who run your local government. Let's shine a light on all these freaks. <laughs> and Justin will maybe show up at your next <laughs> city council meeting to record for posterity any interactions you have with aforementioned freaks. <laughs> yes, give my email address to your lawyers and I will help your case as well. <laughs> I wonder if Rob is brave enough to start auditing police departments in the state. Oh, man. I, I, my <laughs> I whole would opinion be willing of him to would bet, completely turn I'm around. I'm willing to bet that there is yeah. a, a fair amount of, of fraud uh, going on in <laughs> police departments across the state. I would let so much stuff go if he went in that direction. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, I got a few events coming up that I want our listeners to know about. If you don't mind me talking about my own shit for a minute. I'm playing a show at The Lift in Des Moines this week, the 23rd. That's uh, Thursday, right? Yes. Yes, this Thursday. Uh, it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this Thursday at The Lift in Des Moines. I will be sitting in with the Adams slash Merbach duo. Uh, that's Alexander Adams and Alex Merbach. I'm going to play saxophone, and we'll also have uh, drums and guitar, I believe. Uh, I mentioned before, I've never played with these guys before, so it'll be <laughs> seat of our <laughs> pants. We're going to be, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have you been to the lift before? I don't think I have. I have oh, not either. Have cool. Yes. Oh, that's one of my favorite Des Moines haunts. When I lived in Des Moines, that was one of my favorite places to go. They have good martinis and they have good art usually hanging up on the walls and mm -hmm. support live music. So hell yeah. Yeah. yeah I well, believe it's it's kind of a pay what you want scenario. So, you know, it's not gonna break your bank to come see me and look at art and drink a martini. <laughs> yeah. The um gas lamp is closing in Des Moines, which yeah, is I another there's like very few it's really like xbk and uh i guess the lift i don't know there's like very few small yeah. like entry-level venues anymore yeah. yep um battalion of cloud ships sex funeral and study are also playing that show at the lift on the 23rd and then after that i'll be back here in iowa city hosting an i hear i see show on february 26th at uh the close house on gilbert street that's the big mansion that public space one runs now that'll be mars ohelia drop bear that's me and my friend gabby vanek uh rachel saint and robin groth and then a couple weeks after that another show in iowa city uh ligament that's my friends will yeager and annika kildegard they live in baltimore and philadelphia now but they're coming to iowa city they're going to play a show together at the james on march 7th and there will be opening solo performances from me and christine burke all three of those shows will be weird and fun so if you like weird fun things <laughs> <laughs> be there well if that's is that everything do we have anything else we need to talk about go blank yourselves <laughs> <laughs> well we got i don't think we met, said it on the actual podcast but uh we got to thank stella for coming back after her, mm -hmm. her ordeal yeah that's right you know yep. i uh major life announcement i got transition lenses so <laughs> it's hard yeah. to look at a computer screen with the new glasses yeah <laughs> yeah and they made me look like a big dork <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah uh, we're we're all big dorks here <laughs> yeah she put the baby in the closet for an hour so we could record so we're, yeah thankful He's to him his, and the family <laughs> <laughs> uh i should mention our patreon since evan and i are going to do something really fun soon uh we just read a book that's super crazy <laughs> 
So go to patreon.com slash rockhardcaucus and you can hear us review Iowa Trouble uh, very soon. I guess we'll probably start then the next couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, I'm, so I'm uh, pretty open. So yeah, and I've I've started in on my journey of actually getting through the book. It's <laughs> it's a whirlwind. Yeah, very very well written book. Whiplash, um, tonal yeah. whiplash, <laughs> tonal whiplash. <laughs> And you'll also find the uh, series reviewing uh, Steve King's Walking Through the Fire. So good. Uh, with Gavin Aronson of the Iowa Informer. We're going to record a bonus episode of that this week sometime with a bunch of like uh, news interviews and stuff that Steve did uh, promoting his book. Well, we're going to close out with some music from my friend Ion Alexakis. You don't want to play that? That well, seven that, second clip of <laughs> I'll put that at the very end. I'll put that after this okay, song by, uh, by Ion. Yeah. Uh he's been my friend for a few years now. We've been working together and uh he engineered the Unblessed Rest of Us album and stuff. Um yeah. Good guy. And here's his song Broken Glass. And if you are a, an Iowa musician and you would like your music to appear at the end of an episode, uh go to rockhardcock.us and there's a link near the top where you can submit music. Thank you. Now they're festival.